welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point. I'm James Fry, Director of Solutions here at Zencargo, and today I am joined by the one and only Taylor Burge-Paxton, Senior Customer Success Manager here at Zencargo as well. So in regards to a little bit of context before we kick off, before Taylor kind of introduces himself. So I think as everyone is aware, supply chains have been changing a lot over the pandemic and since the pandemic. And as a kind of a summary, we really saw consumer demand skyrocket over the past couple of years. However, with a kind of the combination of the unfortunate scenarios and situations of the Ukraine and Russia war and the soaring energy prices, we've seen kind of consumer spending confidence really kind of um, go down over the past kind of 18 months or so. So as a result of that, then kind of many retailers have been hit hard with that reduced consumer spending. And we've been hearing that businesses have really been less likely to make changes in their supply chain as they believe it holds more risk now. So in today's episode, Taylor and I are going to be talking about what potential change can bring, especially when choosing the right partner who works with you to get the most out of your supply chain. So hey, Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Okay, let's dive right in. So I suppose freight forwarder relationships have traditionally been fairly transactional. And so the first question to you, Taylor, is what do you think the, the risks are to having this kind of more transactional relationship? Yeah, I think when shippers have relationships that are they're purely transactional and, and only focused on price, it really treats transportation services as kind of a homogenous commodity. And it overlooks some some very impactful value add services that a strategic freight forwarding partner can provide. So that can be things like improved service level through shortened dwell times and, and shorter overall lead times, things like identifying consolidation opportunities to cut down on cost, selecting optimized modes of transport, specific routings, carrier selection models that better balance cost and, and service level needs. And of course, on the technology point of view, when when you're not strategically aligning with your freight forwarding partner around technical integrations, there are a lot of missed opportunities to to automate processes, reduce internal workloads, uh, really improve visibility, and and overall make the lives of of your internal cross functional teams much much easier. Yeah, no, exactly, and I think the probably was a time and a place where that more transactional style of relationship worked and was the, the best approach. But definitely over the past few years, we've seen lots of new factors now which are really driving a change in that relationship and making it some of the things that kind of we're going to discuss not now kind of a nice to have from the relationship and from the freight order, but now a must have. From your experience, what are some of the factors then that have been kind of driving the changes in these kind of the freight forward and shipper relationships? Yeah. So as you mentioned, COVID, obviously during COVID supply chain bottlenecks, things like the Suez Canal blockage, the Yantian port crisis, the unprecedented congestion on the U.S. West Coast and in EU ports, all of these things disrupted the, the flows of goods worldwide. These bottlenecks and the, the skyrocketing demand caused freight rates to soar, which really put supply chain management front and center as companies grappled with, with higher freight costs, making up a, a much larger portion of their cost of goods sold or their landed cost, whatever metric that they used internally. So, so while service reliability from carriers was down across the board, lead times were extended. Many shippers were purely focused on procuring whatever space they could get their hands on for the lowest possible price. Definitely agree with all of those points. So now that COVID has 
say, subsided. How have things changed? So as we come out of the pandemic, there are new economic forces at play, um, things that you mentioned earlier, high inflation, soaring energy costs that are driving down c- consumer demand. In a time when, when companies have built up a very large surplus of stock from their buying boom during COVID. So as a result, freight rates have dropped to, to near pandemic levels on, on most major trade lanes. Carriers are now implementing very aggressive blank sailing programs to try to balance that oversupply or that overcapacity in the market, which causes issues for, for shippers who are on particularly tight timelines and, and require shorter lead times. So what I've seen is that shippers are now shifting their focus from, from those more transactional price focus relationships and are more so looking for long-term freight forwarding partners that align with their, their strategic business objectives and are aiming to build a more resilient supply chain overall. They're looking for partners that are collaborative and lead in identifying continuous improvement opportunities and really drive efficiency and, and long-term cost savings. Great. Yeah, and this probably kind of leads on to my next question, which is kind of around what key services that shippers should be looking for. And I suppose I can add a little bit of color to this from, from my experience here at, at Zen Cargo. So actually within the solutions team here at Zen, we, we're working across the entire customer journey, right from when we're having initial conversations with our customers all the way through to when we're working day in and day out with our customers. And definitely over the COVID period where those freight rates were skyrocketing and at the levels that they were, when we were trying to kind of identify and unlock where the ROI was, it was obviously a, a much kind of smaller percentage against the cost of the freight which they were which they were paying, which made it more more of a difficult kind of conversation, I suppose, or more of a difficult decision when you're having to pay such a large amount on your freight rates and it's only and the potential savings are only small relative to that. But obviously now we've shifted, as you mentioned, now we're kind of pre-pandemic and kind of a normalized freight weight situation. Kind of the areas of value and ROI we can unlock are now a significant proportion against the freight spend. So again, kind of using the kind of phrase I mentioned earlier, it's not kind of nice to have as much more of a must-have now when you have a lot of money set on the table. And kind of going back to what we, how we kind of look for those areas of ROI here at Zen. And as I mentioned, we set across the entire customer journey. So right from initial conversations through to them when we're working, trying to understand if there's an opportunity with our customers, we spend a lot of time doing process mapping workshops. I think we call an as-is mapping, kind of going through from purchase order A's all the way through to delivery at the destination warehouse. Across that journey, we're looking at to capture pain points and opportunities. We're kind of looking at data to start crunching the numbers to be able to calculate and quantify what the potential ROI is. And really, kind of most importantly, kind of in our approach to it, then all of our customers go through that same process with us. So no matter if it's one container, 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 Ts that a customer is potentially going to be moving with us, we go through that same exercise because there are still similar opportunities that can be driven from a customer supply chain regardless of the volume. Maybe this, the, the ROI number is a little bit smaller. So yes, we're doing that just not only in the initial conversation, but most importantly within the solutions team. The solutions team, um, kind of the Zen team member will work with that customer across the entire journey. So even when we're implementing the customers, uh, the solutions team member is there making sure that the opportunities that we captured are being implemented all the way through to kind of working with your yourself, Taylor, and the rest of the uh, rest of the team we're proactively looking for where we can drive more value from our customer supply chains and that's from what i kind of describe more of a tactical 
basis. So using the data that we're capturing on a monthly cadence to be able to identify potential pockets of value that we can drive. But then that's all the way kind of C-suite up and kind of more corporate objective level to then really holistically try and understand how the supply chain is going to enable customers, businesses to be able to grow and hit any kind of strategies and initiatives that they have in place. So we kind of sit across that whole spectrum providing kind of consultative services. So I suppose come to the question that I kind of mentioned, kind of what's the ship we'd be looking for. I think that element is definitely what uh, now kind of anyone should be looking for from their freight forwarding relationship is to be able to how can that, my freight forwarder help me unlock value, drive forward our supply chain and make our supply chain essentially a business's competitive advantage. But it'd be good to understand from you, Taylor, kind of what key services um, kind of shippers should be um, on the lookout for. Yeah, I think there's a number of examples on, on how we drive value on, and you touched on it. There's a, there's a lot of things on a day-to-day basis that I work really hand-in-hand with, with yourself and the solutions team to push forward value with customers. Things like just selecting sailings and, and carrier options that offer pre-carriage or on-carriage cost savings. And that's really done by capitalizing on, on one-way drayage from, from inland container depots instead of two-way journeys all the way from port to delivery. Um, so that's kind of a day-to-day tactical one that's good at really realizing some real cost savings. Running cost comparisons between transloading and drayage options at destination to avoid any container restitution bottlenecks. Conducting consolidation analysis is to determine optimal solutions between CFS or milk runs and determining if there's a critical mass of volume to, to justify a consolidation opportunity without unnecessarily extending lead times. That's probably one, James, that, that you get uh, very intimately involved in. Some other ones, coordinating with suppliers and reporting back on their performance to customers related to changes in cargo readiness dates and how well individual suppliers are stuffing containers at origin. Providing center of a gravity analysis. Again, James, this is one where I tend to loop in the solutions team um, and we work hand in hand, uh, really advising our customers on where best to place their DCs based on where their final customers are. We tend to put forward 3PL and DC partners that are best aligned with, with e-com and storage requirements. And we a lot recently with the limited space and, and warehouses, we're providing temporary overflow facilities for customers who, who are low on storage space at their, their current DCs. We do a lot of stuff with, with direct Amazon routing, putting in place solid operational processes to best navigate that, really the world of, of Amazon requirements. And then when customers are getting involved in new trade lanes, we help identify direct routings, navigate customs nuances, pick services that really just best align with their specific needs. And then, of course, we can we can manage any direct carrier contracts on our customers' behalf and really build out you know, much broader control tower solutions, multi-forwarder visibility that allows them to apply inset and offset carbon credits across their entire transportation network, across multiple forwarders. So a lot of really cool tools there to, to drive value and, and cut down the cost. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of all of those things that you kind of touched on there is kind of ties back into kind of what I mentioned that kind of we're using the, all the great data that we're capturing daily to be able to, at a tactical level, really understand how we can drive value through better routings, better services, through consolidation, through better modal choices, but also through working with yourselves and the solutions team, we're able to 
kind of go much, much further, kind of really go into those strategic initiatives such as kind of central gravity analysis, cost to serve, kind of flow analysis and things like that. And I think that's really a testament to kind of the the, the structure and the functions that we've been able to develop here at Zencargo to really be kind of customer first. Cool. Okay, so leading on to the, the next question then. How do or how can shippers and freight forwarders work together kind of more effectively through their relationship then? It is a good question. Um, I think a, a strong onboarding process is is really key in order to align and align on priorities and, and timelines and really lay a solid foundation for the, the rest of the relationship where, where expectations are aligned on and executed on. In terms of really the secret ingredient to, to effective relationships, I think it's all about collaboration. There's no real substitute for having a freight forwarding partner that's that essentially serves as an extension of your business. When your freight forwarder has a full picture of how your supply chain operates and, and what your company's goals are, we can align and help to identify opportunities to drive change towards to those strategic desired outcomes. As you mentioned before, one of like the best tools in our arsenal to do that is to kickstart things with that as is to be supply chain mapping workshop. I think that's a, a really powerful tool for us to get those insights and really identify the areas, the low hanging fruit and the most impactful areas that we can, we can hit right out of the gate. In terms of um, how we operate on a continual basis, I think performance management and, and KPI reporting on a regular cadence to, to inform our customers and their broader business, really, really give them the tools that they need on a daily basis. Obviously, there's a lot of different stakeholders within our company's businesses, and they're all going to be interested in, in different reporting depending on their role. So things like lead time and dwell time reporting for logistics and buying team, cost reporting broken down by SKU, TEU, kilogram mode, trade lane, really any bucket that you want to break it down into, and landed cost reporting for, for more senior stakeholders. We also have container utilization and manufacturer scorecarding that's really useful for procurement teams. CO2 emissions for sustainability leads, and then intake planning for full visibility of inbound stock for, for warehousing teams, and then any stakeholders who are working directly with their customers. Awesome. The thing that resonated really for me, kind of what you mentioned, kind of the word was around kind of collaboration. It's kind of the secret ingredient, I think you said, to kind of driving value. And I think that definitely uh, resonates really well with kind of how we approach kind of our relationships with all the customers that we're working with. And it kind of goes back to that kind of transactional point of kind of transactional relationship can work well we've seen from a cost and a service perspective, but without kind of true collaboration, we're not able to be able to deliver all of these value points that you've mentioned, we're not able to do it kind of in a an honest and a transparent way. Um, and I think kind of something that I always try to kind of change my mindset to is from a solutions perspective, yes, we want to be able to kind of drive value for our customers and we want to be able to enable them to achieve their their functional goals or their business or company-wide goals and initiatives. But we also want to be that partner who is spearheading them as well and helping them to create new goals for their supply chain and also for their business as well where, where possible okay cool so to the last question then so given the pressure uh, on supply chain teams to reduce costs how can stakeholders make a business case now for the wider value of freight forwarding services up to the chain of course as i mentioned before collaborative relationships with your freight forwarder they do drive down costs through the types of projects that i mentioned earlier and allow companies to do to do more with less essentially 
I have customers that have been able to to reduce their internal headcounts and their logistics teams based on the efficiency gains captured through through automated processes and really leaning on Zen Cargo as that supply chain director in a box, as I like to refer to us. I think having a strategic relationship versus a transactional relationship allows companies to to leverage their forwarders' expertise and allows that forwarders to to guide them through some very complex market conditions. And then overall, uh, final point is really just that driving efficiency and visibility just just makes our customers' day-to-day workload uh, much more manageable and just their their daily tasks much more enjoyable. Um, So that's just a win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really like that supply chain direction of the box. Yeah, that's uh, that, that says it all, really. Okay, awesome. So um, that brings us to kind of the end of the podcast. So, firstly, Taylor, thank you very much for providing some really great insights. So, hopefully, listeners will be able to take a few few of those points away. So, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Freight to the Point. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts if you have enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Ciao for now.